0: Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Statesman Sports Spotlight. Tonight, I have a highly anticipated guest for you guys. He is the third head coach in Stony Brook football history. He is one of the youngest head football coaches in the NCAA, Billy Kosh, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, coach?
1: Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's going to be awesome. Appreciate you having me. Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's not make any bold uh, predictions yet, Coach. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm very excited. This is, this is something that we've had uh, high on the priority list for a little bit. So, um, Coach, let me just say, and, you know, I, I mean no disrespect to your predecessor at all, but you are definitely a, a breath of fresh air from the media uh, perspective. You know, you've got a lot of personality. Uh, you're very realistic, you're not sensitive, you're not antisocial, doesn't seem like you're short fused, although you're yet to lose your first game. So, you know, jerseys out. Jerseys out on that
1: one, that is uh, true.
0: But uh, do you find that your personality helps you, you know, as a football coach in any way, whether it's as you know, a salesman trying to recruit or or selling the program to fans? Uh, just d- does that help you, you know, get along in any way, shape or form?
1: I try to be authentic. You know, I, I don't want to be a phony. I don't want to be a fraud. You know, um, I do believe in truth. I do believe in honesty um, as a coach and as a player and as a person I do, you know, and, you know, I do have energy. I believe in energy. This game is energy like football. You got to have energy. You know, you got to have great energy. You got to have great focus. Um, those things translate and also translate into recruiting. You know, there's things you got to do now to, create buzz, create energy, get people excited, but also have a truth to you and a plan in place that's detailed so the players believe in that and the parents see those things. And so, yeah, I try to use it to, to my advantage. You know, obviously I'm younger. I try to be able to relate to people um, in a good sense, you know, different types of people. You know, I'm also, I am also have an old school background to me because my dad's a longtime ball coach. And I've right. um, seen, you know, through the little Holtz spectrum, the Bill Snyder perspective. So I've got that kind of with me. Um, how I teach and how I run the program, but recruiting wise, try to have good energy and and um and kind of create some buzz. You know, I think that's important here because this place has a lot of potential, as you know. Like, there's a lot of things that can go right here if you do it right and you sell it the right way and and get the people to believe in it. So yeah, I try to, uh, but I don't want to be a phony. I don't want to be a fraud. You know, you got to have results. You gotta, you obviously got to do things the right way in a first class manner. But yeah, I try to use that to to my advantage and and try to help our guys. But being authentic is number one. You gotta be authentic. You gotta be who you are. Uh, you got it. And people see right through it. You know what I mean? And the more you're around somebody and the longer you're around somebody, your true colors is going to show, you know, so I, I try to be this myself every single day and, and try to do it the right way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so in regards to the guy who, you know, you are filling in for well, filling in might not be the right word, but uh, um, have you spoken to to Chuck at all? I know usually when there's, you know, a passing of the torch, sometimes there is direct communication. Um, have, has he reached out to you? Has he wished you luck? Has he, con- you know, congratulated you? Um, or, you know, is he just a guy that you've heard about?
1: um no i mean obviously we haven't we haven't talked i have a lot of respect for him you know i really do uh he's a great football coach he had a lot of good success he had a lot of good teams here man and mm-hmm. i'm always going to respect that obviously and i went against him you know at richmond and you know through the years my dad went against them at delaware and richmond and they're fist they've been a physical outfit he's done a good job so but no to answer your question no but i, I have a lot of respect for him there's no question about it. he's a great coach Not for sure
0: so I guess before we start diving deeper into the story of Billy Kosh, uh, I know you're obviously new to Long Island. Sean, athletic director Sean Hillbren, for those of you yep. who don't know who I'm just name dropping, um, he did uh, mention in one of his most recent uh, blog posts that you guys finally settled down, you finally got yourself a house on Long Island, uh, Where, yes. without getting too specific, where are you uh, currently residing?
1: I'm in, I'm in the apartments right now across the street from the medical center, but my wife oh, okay. and I found a place uh, in Smithtown right near Smithtown West high school. It's a great place. Um, you know, we, we hustled and found, we looked at a lot of spots, you know, Port Jeff all the way around, but this place kind of fit us and our family I have a newborn. So um, it's only 16, 17 minutes from campus yeah. uh, from the office. So it's good for me and good for my wife to be accessible. So yeah, we were excited. It was tough to find a place now. I'm not going to lie to you and that was hard, you know, and, yeah. You know, Michigan was a little bit cheaper to live, but we found a place and, and we're excited about it. I'm really could they, they come here next Friday, and I'm looking forward to seeing my wife and my kid. I've been, you know, FaceTime's great, like we're doing now, but there's nothing better, you know, obviously in person. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah, a little cheaper. Yeah, I think you're kind of underselling it. Yeah. It's is probably an arm and a leg. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, no question. Hey, very true. Yeah, but true.
0: uh, but anyway, coach, let's uh, let's get to know Billy Kosh a little bit more. So obviously, I mean, I, I could only I could only dig up what's already out there. You know, you're only 31, you'll be 32 in a month. So there's and you've been coaching for whatever. This is going to be your 10th year as, as a football coach. So there's not a whole lot out there about you. Um, yeah. but what I do know is that you were born in Annapolis, Annapolis, Maryland, right? A very colonial looking town, military town, right? It's where the uh, uh, the Naval Academy is. Um, you grew up in Arundel, is that correct?
1: Arundel. Yeah. Arundel, Arundel okay. County. It, it was, uh, Odinson, I was in Odinson, Arundel County. went to Arundel High School. Yep.
0: Okay. All right. And uh, I mean, did you, did you move from Annapolis
1: to Arundel at all, or was it just that you were born in a hospital? and, and- No, I, I was, I was actually born in Minnesota. Really? Uh, I, 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 was a coach, I was a coach's kid. So I've moved around wow. my whole life. My dad's a longtime coach. So I lived in minnesota for like two months i don't remember any of this but two months and then my dad got a job in illinois for luke tepper then we lived. Then we moved to illinois i was there for five years and then we moved back to mary moved to maryland uh, my dad coached with ron vendell in there in 97 i uh, was there for only, only for a year we lived in uh, pg county maryland mm-hmm. and then my dad got a job with nick saban at michigan state then we live in okamas right near lansing uh was only there for a year with coach saban uh, that's a that's a heck of a job there and you got to work and then he got a chance to go to South Carolina with Lou Holtz in Columbia. And I was there for five years in elementary school. And then my dad got a job at Kansas State with Bill Snyder for two years. Then Bill retired. Um, and then my dad got a job with Ralph Regent at Maryland. That's kind of my high school career was all in Maryland, you know. And my brother went to the Naval Academy. Um, I went to Arundel. And my dad coached at Maryland. My dad's from uh, Maryland as well. So I kind of claimed Maryland. I lived there twice. My dad's side's all from there. Um, so that's kind of like the longest place I lived to have my roots there, you know, so as a kind of like a military coach's brat, that's kind of the, kind of the home there. And, uh, but I got to experience different places, man, like, you know, Illinois, the Midwest, you know, to Maryland, to Michigan, to South Carolina, South Carolina football is so important down there, you know, and in Kansas state, you know, it's blue collar as it comes, you know, so you, you get different walks of life and different types of people. And it kind of helped me adjust now in a coaching a little bit, just meeting different people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's why you never rely on Wikipedia, because I just made a total. No, yeah, right? yeah, no, no, no. You got
1: to check the source, no doubt. No, right, no yeah.
0: Doubt. S- says your book. Well, again, you know, there's not a whole lot about you now. Someone. No, it's that not. No, that's fair. No, that's yeah. fair. No, I get that. No question. But they'll definitely update that. Uh, so you know, ra- I'd rather be the sacrificial lamb, so the person <laughs> be
1: knows better. That's you fair. know what I mean? That's fair. I hear you. Um, that's fair.
0: Okay, so, uh, so you know, you just talked about your dad, right. And, uh, Chris yeah. Kosh is his name. Uh, he's yeah. still, he's still going at it in the football game. He's, he's a long time coach. I mean, long time, like 41 years, long time. Uh yeah. most recently, um, uh, you know, most of his jobs have been like defensive coordinator. Obviously he's been linebackers coach he has been defensive line coach, um, going from place to place. Uh, most recently, uh, on the defensive coordinator front, he was co DC at Hampton in 2022. Um, I know he's, he was with he's, uh, me
1: at, he was with me at Western Michigan last year. Actually, yes. he was our QC on offense. I'll make sure that. Okay, yeah, you got that right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I will no, sure Don't worry, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So that's where he that's where he is right now. Still, right? He I don't think he's uh he's left. Right? He he's still at Western Michigan.
1: No, he actually uh he left Western and now he's back home. My mom in Virginia. Um. You know, there's you know we have family there and you know I left Western. And he kind of felt like it was right to do that. You know, so. Um, but, yeah, he's just kind of hanging out, you know, and uh, he's, he's coached a long time and has a lot of experience. He's saved a lot of money through the years, man. So he'll be all right. Yeah, he, he's, he's good. He's good, you know, and he just watches football, man. That's all he does. Like, he loves these spring leagues, the XFL and the USFL. The XFL is merging now. Like, he is so jacked up. He watches, like, every game, and he'll break it down, and he'll send me clips all the time, man. It's pretty cool. Certified football guy. So- oh, he is a ball guy, no question.
0: I mean, I, I could I don't even have to ask how he influenced you. I could tell. I could, you know, I could hear just the no. way you're talking about him now. I could I could hear, no. you know, we talking about, you know, going from place to place, getting to see all the coaches that he's worked with and stuff. So what I will ask you is this: how did the son of a longtime defensive coach who coached back in the day when you could actually hit guys, how no. did the son of a defensive coach become, you know, the uh the quarterback? <laughs>
1: um is he disappointed was a base- I, no, that's a good question I was a baseball player awesome um, so and I like yeah, I love I love baseball and I could throw and my I didn't play football until like middle school my dad wanted me to wait he just thinks you get burnt out bad habits you know so yeah. I played like ba- baseball basketball and I play like soccer I don't know why but I played soccer wasn't very good at it but um <laughs> did those and then um kind of could throw and then I kind of became a quarterback through that you know and it was good because he's a defensive guy and I'm an offensive guy. So getting that perspective. And then, you know, I remember just watching him practice growing up and then seeing like Lou Holtz and my dad, they were just crushing guys, yelling at him. And the offensive guys was a little bit easier. I was like, I'm going to be on offense, man. It's a little bit easier over here. Not much yelling, you know, and he always yeah. jokes with me. It was funny. So he, he worked with me at Western last year and uh, his first time on offense. And he's like, man, offense is easy, man. You can punt, you know, where the ball's going. I'm like, yeah, it's not that easy. You know, you still got to execute and, you know, all those things. So it's really, it's funny. It's like we always get that question, but, you know, football is football. But the best thing about it is it's just his perspective on the game. You know, there's, as an offensive coordinator through the years, I'll call him, you know, like, hey, how do you attack this coverage? Hey, attack this front. You know, we're things that give issues, these formations. And, you know, he would give it to you, you know what I mean? And, and back in about, like, likewise with me, offensively, just giving him things. And it's kind of cool when we talk football together, we, we'll go forever, you know, which is awesome, you know, but, just the perspective on that side of the ball. I love defensive football yeah. because, you know, the rhyme and the reason of things and how to attack things. I became a better OC because I knew defense, I felt like, because I wasn't just running plays to run plays. There was plays that had rhythm, plays that had answers to certain schemes that defenses were doing. So yeah. it's helped, you know, through the years. I'm, I'm very thankful to have a dad in the profession. I mean, that's, it helps, but he never forced it. He wasn't that dad. He wasn't a helicopter dad. He let you fail, let you figure it out. You know, if you ask the question, he'd give you an answer. But he, he was never like a guy that, you know, daddy's ball, like that was never him. And I always appreciated that, you know, because I mean that's the way it should be, you know. So it was it was good kind of having that growing up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like I feel like all great quarterbacks played baseball. You know what I mean? think yeah. mean, Tom Brady was drafted. Uh, Peyton Manning. I uh, might have played baseball too. I yeah. hope play baseball. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, a, lot, a lot of them were drafted in the uh, in the MLB draft, and of course, you know, great yeah. right decision of sticking with football. But right. so, so I, I assume. I mean, I assume there's probably a little bit of shortstop, a little bit of pitching, right?
1: I pitched and I played third. Yeah. I can't move now. I was a statue a little bit. But uh, yeah. I played third and I could pitch. I was a little wild now. That ball went all over the place. Man. I, was, I was like Ricky Vaughn from Wild Thing, man. <laughs> you know where that ball was going. <laughs> oh, so of course, of course. Uh, so I had to work on my control and I, my my, you know, my my screwball, my curveball. I kind of I struggled, you know. But a two-seam, four-seam, I was good. And a circle change, I was good. But besides Damn. that, sliders, curves, man, I struggled, man. I had no control.
0: Yeah. Well, you know oh, what though? Yeah. It's all right. Cause you play football. So um, <laughs> when did you realize that football was your future?
1: That's yeah, tough. You know, I, I kind of always, I always loved football and I always been around my dad, but I guess like playing and coaching, I guess playing like in high school, I kind of love playing, you know, and that kind of new coaching when I was at the university of Houston, my last two years, uh, Greg Ward was our quarterback and Greg's one of the best football players I ever played with, Greg's with the Eagles now as a wide out, but Greg was our best quarterback, receiver. He could play nickelback. He could play corner. He could return punts. He's one of the best players. He's only 5'10", 170. Mm -hmm. He was the player of the year in Texas, and only had Houston and Houston Baptist, which is Houston Christian at the time, um, as offers. And he beat Pat Mahomes in high school. This guy was a stud, but he was an undersized kid. He went to Houston and was our quarterback, young player. And I got to kind of mentor him. He was way better than any of the guys we had on our roster. So – he always kind of looked at me, hey, gosh, how do you do this? How do you read this? I can never do it, but I could always kind of articulate, you know, how to do it. And mm-hmm. like fundamentally, that's when I kind of knew the impact I had on Greg, that kind of gave me, like this is kind of cool. I'm impacting a guy that's young. Um, I knew I wasn't a great player. I kind of knew my role a little bit. So that kind of got me into coaching a little bit. I knew my dad and I knew I wanted to coach because my dad, but that's when I kind of knew I could maybe do it, you know, just as a player there man, and in my career there, um, at Houston, because we had a lot of great players there, man. We had guys all over the place playing in the NFL, and I was not one of them. But I got to see just the, the gratification of kind of just teaching a guy something and, and, and the techniques and the fundamentals that go into it. And that's when I kind of knew there uh, late in my career that I wanted to coach. Yeah, absolutely, and
0: just to show you that I know ball too, Greg Ward, uh, NFL wide receiver. I know he was a yeah. uh, quarterback in in college, but uh, he's a, yep. he's actually a, like he was a good player. I mean, you know, once the Eagles traded for AJ Brown and drafted Devontae Smith, oh, he yeah. kind of got phased out, but he was a good player. Yeah. Um, so, really good player. So yeah, he's so, great. Um, in college
1: man, no no one could tackle him in college. He beat Florida State, man, it was unbelievable. in Peach Bowl, yeah. we had no <laughs> business. He was a great player, yeah, tough too, touch very touchdowns.
0: tough. I think in like 2020 or something like that, when the Eagles were kind of falling apart, they relied on him. He was rather good for them. Gone away, so, no doubt. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so let's talk about high school a little bit more. So Arundel, that's how it's pronounced. I thought it was like. Era. Yeah, it's all so, right. No, no, no. Okay. So Arundel High School. Uh, that's where you went. That's where you graduated from. Um, and again, I'm just going off based of what I've got. It could be bad information, but uh, it said that you took over starting quarterback um, of the varsity team in your junior year. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. Okay. So, so, you know, when, when I look at division one athletes, even just here at Stony Brook, all sports, it's usually like a four year letter winner, you know, uh, started on varsity in ninth grade, or maybe, maybe three years got called up in 10th grade. So junior year, that's kind of a late start for a guy who got to the division one level. So just talk to me about your early high school career. You know, were you on the JV team? Were you playing a different yeah. position or something? Was it frustrating not playing if you were a starting quarterback? So um, just talk to me about that, about early high school.
1: Yeah. I forget all this. So like I was a freshman on JV, letting it rip, having fun, you know, mm-hmm. learn how to play the position. You know, we were throwing the ball a lot at the time. We run the run and shoot offense, which is like June Jones, Mouse Davis, you know, we were running that. And yeah. Um, the guy ahead of me was a hell of a player, Nick Olko. We ended up going to Delaware State, but he broke all the records um, in the state of Maryland and was a great player. Took us to a state championship. We lost to Quince Orchard High School, which is really good in Maryland. They're, you know, really legitimate program. So I played behind him and I, was, I wanted to play, but Nick was really good, you know? So that was... You know, something I learned was patience there. And Nick was really good. You know, I wanted to transfer. I could have went to DeMath, Spalding, Gonzaga, all these private schools, but kind of stuck it out there. And then I got my time as a junior. I'm glad I did because uh, we had a really good team there. I had really good wideouts. I played with some really good players. Like two guys, Alec Lemon and R.J. Harris both played uh, professionally, uh, RJ played in New Hampshire. He's like broke all the CA records for receiving. And then Alec would all the Syracuse receiving records as well as a pass catcher. Both those guys were just phenomenal. Like those guys made things right for me, you know, and, and our team. And so I got to play with those guys and had a great experience there. But yeah, I didn't only, only start two years. Man. I forget about that. I always started two years and uh, I had a great team around me and uh, appreciated those guys a lot. Yeah, for sure. So
0: you know, your first year as a starter, junior year, you break seven Maryland State passing records, um, and then, uh, and then you get an offer from Kansas State which is a big 12 school, meaning that it's five months away from becoming a big 16 school. Um, right. you know, anyways, you know, as someone who didn't take over until 11th grade and granted, it was like, you know, you had reason. But uh, but as someone who didn't shine until 11th grade, some might call that a late bloomer. Um, how did you pull off
1: an FBS offer? Well, my dad was on staff there. So that helps, you know, Um, so (laughs) that I'm being very honest there. I I was an FCS type kid. I had other FBS offers, but my dad was on staff. I knew coach Snyder. So it was kind of a, you know, I'll be honest. They, they looked out, you know, and I I, I think, you know, that helped a little bit, you know, with the cause. So just to be very transparent with you. Right.
0: So after high school, you go to Kansas state, you don't play at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Then Mickey Matthews who was a national championship winning head coach at JMU um, in the FCS at the time. Actually, he won the, the championship when it was called Division I AA, but that's story correct. Um, so Mickey Matthews, he convinces you that there was an opportunity to play. You transfer to JMU, you don't play, just like nope. just like Kansas State. So, correct. and you said in an interview, the article is like 11 years old, but uh, it was with the Baltimore Sun. You said like it was a rash decision. I wish I hadn't made it. Um, I yeah. imagine you probably learned a lot about yourself, a lot about life during that time frame, um, oh, not yeah. just the politics of college athletics, being a transfer versus a recruit, but also just, you know, not falling for salesmanship, you know, stuff like that. So just talk to me about all the things that you learned during that time frame and, and how it's helped you grow as a person.
1: Yeah, a lot. You know, the patience thing, you know, um, I, I was at Kansas State. Uh, I liked it there. I mean, I love the discipline, the detail, Coach Schneider, everything we did. We worked hard there. Yeah, I mean, hard. Player development. We didn't have the best players. Like, I was one of them. But we out-coached guys, and we out-physical guys, and we out guys. So that's where I kind of got that blue-collar mentality at Kansas State. But there was a guy by the name of Colin Klein on the roster. who was second in the Heisman uh, a couple of years later. I knew Colin was going to be our starter. Colin's out of the OC at A&M. Colin's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Like I knew Colin was going to be the guy. Um, but I was going to wait probably until my senior year to start, and I kind of saw that, and I made a rash decision to come back, you know, to JMU, and I learned a lot there, at JMU. I loved those players there. I had a lot of great friends, a great school, um, but just football wise was not good for me uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot about, you know, just kind of being a teammate and, and, and kind of working through things. You know, so uh, but I learned so much of that experience, and uh, I learned a lot at each school that I was at. You know, different ways to run a program, things I like, things I didn't like, um, things I would take with me down the road. So um, but yeah, I mean, Kansas State was really the best program as far as player development. And that's the stuff I'm kind of doing now here at Stony Brook with Bill Snyder is he did the best job evaluating. He did the best job developing players at a high level. And he was meticulous, you know, so I kind of learned that through him um, and my dad worked for him as well. So there's a lot of things that kind of come from that place.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. <laughs> you played everywhere, right? You
1: you had a five-year playing career.
0: So you don't play freshman year at Kansas State. You don't play sophomore year at uh, JMU, FBS and FCS. So you decide to take a different route. Junior year, you go down to the JUCO level. Uh, you join Butler Community College. And in one year with them, you're unbelievable, right? You lead them to the national championship game. Um, and then life had to humble you again and you tear your ACL. So oh yeah so so <laughs> talk to me about your Juco experience. Um, you know, talk to me about how good it felt to finally go out there, sling the rock, prove yourself and then uh, and then talk to me about the injury too and if it changed the trajectory of your playing career at all.
1: Oh yeah, so I go to Butler and uh, we were talented at Butler. We had a lot of guys are in the NFL still that I played with there and mm-hmm. um, it was straight football there. You know what I mean? There's no rules. There's no eight-hour carry rules. Like, it was straight football, and uh, there's a lot of guys that i played with that went on to play high levels of football. Uh, obviously, we went to the national championship game, which was awesome, had a great team. I think we had 45 guys that went Division One, or 40 guys that went Division I. Uh, I think eight or nine guys are still playing from that team in the NFL to this day, I think. Mm-hmm. So – Uh, Chris Carson played for us I mean he was really good NFL running back I mean we were loaded man um so I was I was on a good team I was a I was a game manager you know that's what I I like Ken Dorsey at Miami man that's kind of what I was but kind of knew my role and uh loved it there uh I really love that experience and then you know we play Iowa Western who was a really really good football team Jake Waters was the quarterback um who's a friend of mine as well. And uh, I actually tore my ACL in the second quarter there. Um, And I committed to Houston actually two days before that on an official visit, or excuse me, the week before on an official visit. And uh, I had offers from other schools, whatever. And I want to go to Houston because Casey Keenum was, the guy then, Case, is a, obviously an awesome player. I thought he was a guy that was similar, you know, hard worker, tough guy, threw the ball well. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be a good fit. But yeah, tear my knee up. You know, I got yoked, I uh, got hit pretty hard. Uh, I tried to play on it, uh, I was not functional at all. And then had to get surgery, you know, had to repair my knee, ACL, MCL, everybody's got something, you know. So had to repair it, had to get tougher and find a way to get through it. And, uh, I kind of trained down in Florida and Tampa, got right. And then uh, what was great was the University of Houston uh, honored my scholarship. I'll never forget that. Tony Levine, that's that. They could have pulled the plugs. Hey, Billy, you know, they could have got somebody else. You know, they needed a transfer quarterback. And um, Greg was coming in that year and John O'Corn, myself, and the three quarterbacks that were coming in. And um, so, you know, I was always thankful for Houston for sticking with me in that program, you know, for giving me a shot. So that's kind of what happened. But I learned a lot. The adversity – the toughness I had to go through and just, just keep fighting, man. You know what I mean? Just keep rolling. And life's, life's the way it is. You got to find a way, you know? So, uh, but it was definitely, I love Butler. I did. It was a great experience. Had a great staff there. Coach Memorial was a great guy. Uh, he's a legend there. So uh, we had really good players there too. It was fun to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so like you said, Houston, right? That was the next stop. You went there yeah. and uh, you stayed there for two years. It was, it was your only uh, yeah. year since. So uh year four and year five, you were with Houston, didn't play uh the first year. Uh second year though, twenty fourteen, you finally got to see the field, right? Through nine pins. <laughs> five of them.
1: late um, in the games, baby. No yeah, doubt. man. What
0: was it like? Yeah. What was it like getting able to uh you know make an NCAA debut? Get, yeah, you know, throw a couple of FBS uh official, officially recognized
1: FBS passes. Yeah. Yeah, hard to do. Yeah, I uh it is there's a tri- there's a trivia question that's nobody knows to answer. The first touchdown. In that new stadium, I, I was part of that touchdown, and okay. nobody will know that answer because we're playing UTSA, we're getting blown out like thirty five nothing, and then we took them on a drive and scored, and we lost thirty five. We got our we got t- we should have won like we we were poorly we played poorly. We had five turnovers that game, but mm-hmm. nobody really knows that question. I think that's a million dollar question that nobody would know. That'd be me that I took. <laughs> Cause nobody knew my name, you know? So, uh, but yeah. yeah, played um, my senior, you know, a little bit late in the year, late in the games. Um, and then there's a guy now, I like, talk about Greg Ward came in and, uh, Greg kind of took yeah. over. I love that Houston man. I, I met my wife there. She played soccer there. And really? we met through sports. Yes. Yeah, so we met through sports. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends to this day. A lot of guys that all of are still playing, you know, in the NFL. Like, there's guys I got to play with, William Jackson, those guys, Landon Roberts. I mean, we were loaded, and I got to be around those guys. And we're right in the heart of Houston, man. And it was – we had team speed. We were physical. Uh, one thing, I thought we did a great job there. And then, obviously, I was not a good recruit, but we recruited really well there. Like, our our staff did a great job. Like, Zach Spavadol was a great recruiter. Um, he ends up, you know, being a great coordinator, at different spots. We had a lot of great coaches, Cliff Kingsbury's before me. Like we had a really good staff, you know, there, and I you know, Kevin Sumlin was the old head coach there and we recruited and it, obviously Houston, it's, Texas football is it's different. I mean, there's nothing like, I didn't know I was a Friday night lights guy, right. You know, I, I read the book movie and, You go down there, man, like those spring practices in high school are the most detailed practices. They're better than most colleges and their facilities. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I learned a lot there. And the kids that I – the guys that I played with there, they were great players. And the skilled players down there, the receivers, the DBs, man, like they were elite. You know, they were really, really good. So – and then obviously my wife being there and meeting her there. She's from Texas. She's from Sugar Land. So, um, that was unbelievable. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I really loved my time at Houston. You know, I'm proud to be from Houston. Uh, and be a graduate of there, man, because that's a great place, you know. So end up working out, you know, because I met my wife. Um, I learned a lot about ball, you know. I learned the air raid system, which was great in uh, the throw game and how we threw the football and how unique it was and how we practiced. You know, Mike Leach had a big influence on our offense. Who passed it on to different guys in a, in a, within our program. So you know, I got to be a part of that and to be like a, you know, a whole. And, those, and those, that staff was great. They could have let me go because hey, gosh, you got an ACL, man, find a new home, you know. They didn't, and. The, I'm always thankful for that. You know, I just always remember that just giving you a chance. So I'm always appreciative of that place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So that's funny. You said your wife is from Sugarland, you know, the baseball team is going to be paying her,
1: her home, her hometown a visit. I think that's where they open. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah Coach was saying that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. They're playing at the, uh, they're called the space Cowboys. Now or The space. Something they were the Skeeters. Oh, they changed their name, but, it's a minor league baseball field. I think it's where they're playing at. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. That's Probably. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's great, that that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so what year you graduated in? Well, I guess it would have been the spring of 2015, or did you graduate a little?
1: Yeah. Bit? Spring, spring 2015. Yeah, it took me about 10 years to graduate okay yep no <laughs> okay yeah No. they're called you know, they're, call, sure. you know it's, it's, they're, they're doctors you know but i wasn't a doctor so i was right. a sociology major yep. yeah yeah no sure for sure
0: so um so what year did your your wife graduate you guys graduate together same
1: time same time she was a year um she's a year younger than me so she did in four i did in five you know she's right. pretty smart yeah i'm not so yeah it's great well yeah. i mean i wouldn't say all that i mean you had a, just around <laughs> I'm, t- a I'm just bit. telling you that i'm telling you that but i'm just telling she is a uh, very very intelligent yeah, very well,
0: you're you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think that you actually uh, a very intelligent uh, person. Sure. So, um, you know, the interesting thing about your coaching career is that it began the next year, right? And I guess that's yeah. like the most interesting thing on its surface. right? a lot of kids graduate, and they and then they become a graduate assistant. The reason why it's yeah. interesting is you didn't become a graduate assistant. You graduate, and then Division Two Concord University or Concord, however it's pronounced yep. there, um, yep. hires you to be their quarterbacks coach, which is right. like a pretty. That's pretty big it's an important position especially in 2015 it's a quarterback driven sport that's kind of when the passing game really revolutionized around mid-2010 so how did you all of a sudden just become a a quarterbacks coach at the age of
1: 23 with no prior coaching experience I was trying to play you know I was was actually playing a little arena football and I was I kind of started late I needed a job in the summer and the the guy I played for at Butler, my O.C., Tony Haynes, was the offensive coordinator at Concord, coach in the White House. They needed a quarterback coach, and mm-hmm. I played for him and um, gave me an opportunity as a young guy. Garen Justice, who's now the online coach at SMU, was the head coach at Concord, and that's a good league. Shepard was in that league, West Virginia Wesleyan, Fairmont State. You know, we played Glenville. It was a good league, competitive league. And, you know, Rich Rodriguez coached at Glenville State. I mean, it was a lot of great coaches of coached in that league, and uh, I got to run my own room. You know, I learned a lot, you know, on the fly, uh, things I didn't know. I got exposed and I kind of learned on the fly at that level, which is great. So that staff was tremendous there. You know, we're in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. My wife at the time was my girlfriend, and she moved out there with me, and we made no money, really. Honestly, it was very, you know, I wasn't making much money. And she, we slept on an air mattress, and she, had, she worked at Starbucks, and we struggled. You know, that's part of the job, though. Like, every coach yeah. has that experience. To Crimea river that's part of the deal you got to go do it you know so um but that experience taught me a lot you know and i, I was around a lot of good players there too and, and coaches and by i learned you know things i didn't know got exposed and things i, I was selling that kind of got better because i kept sharpening my axe a little bit so it was a really good experience
0: absolutely and um i just i'm interested in knowing you know as the son of a coach um you know, you, you played college football for five years. At what point did you decide that you wanted to get into coaching? I mean, was it spur of the moment? Was it just because I need a job and this is an opening? Or was it something that you had actually uh, thought of, you know, during your your collegiate career?
1: Probably my collegiate career a little bit at the end, like I was telling you before. But, you know, I try to play, you know, in the arena. I try for some Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I play, I play a little bit of arena ball. And I was like, I ain't doing any much money here. You know, I'm, I'm, I got to support my wife. You know, and so that's when I kind of kind of hit the fan a little bit, like it's time to go, man, it's time if you want to do this or not. I knew I couldn't work in a normal job. I have too much energy, and, you know, I know I want to be active and coach. So that's kind of when I knew it was like the end of my college career there. I really wanted to do this and talked to my dad, and he said, well, put in the work, be a GA, learn how to coach. You know, I got a quarterback job and end up GA, and I learned how to work and, you know, do things the right way. And that's kind of what Indiana did for me there at that next time.
0: So you were, so you were a GA. All right. So I, I didn't know. I think GA again, don't get your information from Wikipedia.
1: (laughs) No, I was a GA in Indiana purely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, so what did you get? Did you wind up finishing um, a graduate
1: degree there? I was six credits short. I, I left to go to VMI because I want to be a full-time coach. I was at the end of my, I was out of my GA ship and I was on my third year and, um, I decided to get a job and full time job at VMI, and that was something I wanted to do. I, I can always go back and do it.
0: I mean, that's the right thing to do as someone who has said several times. If a job ever um opened its doors to me, I'd leave college. Like I, you know, it's yeah. you're here at college to go get the job. You know, right. so if, no, no. if that comes Very first, true. do it right. Don't no don't question. pass on your opportunities. So, um,
1: yes,
0: let's back up a little bit because 2015 you were at uh, Concord, then 2016. Out of nowhere, you go you go from D two. There's no stepping stone. Like there's no D two to FCS to FBS. You just go right from D two to the Big Ten to be the quarterbacks coach at a, at a Indiana University.
1: Yeah, I was a GA quarterbacks guy. Yeah. yeah, so I got I worked with the quarterbacks, but I was still I was paid like a GA. Right. You know what I mean? Just so you know that, yeah.
0: So what was that experience like? I mean, it it, it had to oh, be man. the intensity had to be way different going from D two to the Big wow. Ten. Just talk to me about it.
1: Not even close. Uh, it was way different. I uh, worked for Kevin Wilson, who ended up being the OC at Ohio State after Indiana. Um, now he's at Tulsa, the head coach. And he was at Oklahoma through the year, scoring a lot of points with Sam Bradford and those guys. He's one of the best offensive minds. I learned everything in Indiana. So I had to learn how to work. I learned how to be detailed. Um, we played in the Big Ten East at the time, it was the, one of the best leagues in football, playing Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State every single year you know what I mean so and we weren't overly talented you know what I mean it's a basketball school just being honest Indiana's basketball school look at their arena you know it's, it's unbelievable and it's, it's great they've had great success so hmm. you know Bobby Knight and the guys but I went to Indiana and I learned so much football and I learned how to work I got copies I got the cup, the cup of coffee you know I uh, got to coach quarterbacks and do those things and Kevin Wilson was tremendous, man. He's a phenomenal football coach. The tempo stuff that I'm doing now and how we play and how we practice and player development, the toughness all from Wilson, did a great job. Sean Watson was our quality control coach, uh, who's now the head coach at Wofford, who's tremendous, coach at Texas, Louisville coach, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, we had Kevin Johns, their offensive coordinator. Now it was at Duke as the offensive coordinator, did a great job this past year from Mike Elko. So I was around so many great coaches. Tom Allen was our defensive coordinator. Dylan McCullough was our running back coach now at Notre Dame, so I got exposed to great football. Um, so that experience from Concord, Indiana, was eye-opening. The players, the size, the stadiums—you know, playing at Ohio State's a little bit different than playing at Glenville State. You know, just a little bit different. You know, so I—I uh, I got exposed to. To that but i learned a lot of football i, I, I always appreciate my time in indiana the players the coaches my wife and i love living in bloomington that's a great place man it was a great place so always appreciate that job because it taught me so much football it taught me how to work and how to overcome If you know the players you know the talent how do you find ways to win like we're playing ohio state and we're in the game and we're they're a lot better than us i remember we played ohio state and you know joey bows is their rush defensive end and their first string <laughs> gets out and like, oh, they're second string in, they're not as good, and then Chase Young comes in, and he was probably just as good, you know, so, like, you get exposed to, like, you know, this is real-time football, so you got to find ways to move yeah. the football and score points and win games, you got to be good in special teams, so I carry that with me wherever I've been, I kind of like being there, because you learn how to coach and be detailed and find ways to win, we don't have the best, you know, we have good kids, tough kids, but you know, we don't have Joey Bosa, you know, we don't have, you know, different receivers at Ohio state or Michigan had, you know, and, and Penn state Saquon Barkley played against him. We couldn't tackle him. He was incredible. So like you got exposed to some great football there. And I was always appreciative of that time. No question about it.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, it's so funny. Cause you're let's round up and say you're 32. So you're probably the most well-traveled 32 year old I've ever met. Right. Cause uh, after two <laughs> exactly. years at Indiana, you're there 16, 17, <laughs> Like you said, you go to VMI, Virginia Military Institute. You're uh with the uh the key debts. And right. now you're filling a different position. Uh, wide receivers coach. You were not a wide receiver. You were thrown to wide receiver, yeah. but you were not a wide receiver. Oh, no. So, um, no. That was your first two years there, right? At uh, wide receiver at VMI? Coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two years of receiver coach. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um, I mean, was it, was it hard to adjust to that? I mean, you didn't play wide receiver. Was it, was it difficult coaching wide receivers or was it something
1: that was uh, relatively easy? I will say it was easy, but I, I learned it when I was a GA, I always prepared myself. I know I coach quarterbacks, right. but I knew how to coach another position to be, a, I, I wanted to be the coordinator. So I learned receiver play. So I learned from Kevin Johns, Grant Hurd, who's at UCF now. Like I learned how to coach fundamentals with those guys, tight ends. I learned tight ends. I learned running backs, never did online. Cause I'm not an online guy, but like, I learned all four positions because it made me more unified with like the offense, how how to teach things. So, uh, but coaching it, I loved it. I actually love coaching wide out. That's my passion a little bit because the energy, the toughness, um, the pass game, how it's kind of manipulating and blocking and physicality. So it be, actually, when I became a coordinator, I became better because I learned receiver play and I learned how to get you guys open with spacing and picks and rubs and uh, motioning and getting stacked. So that, that experience was really good because, um i learned a lot about spacing you know and i love coaching those guys there we had some really good kids there at vmi you know we weren't overly talented you know what i mean we were the story was that i was going to indiana i was going for my third year at indiana i was about to be up and and at the end of the year as a ga because you got to find a job and right. i got the vmi job in late june like late june scott walkenheim who's the head coach at the time was one of my you know, guys i rely on this profession hey you want you know interview for the job and i got the job and it was unbelievable there. I love VMI. We were not very good. 0-11 the year before, so very similar to Stony Brook. Uh Man. and then the first year we were one and 10, and then we got the five wins and we moved on to great success. But it was a great experience because the development and the recruiting we did there, you know, we did a great job at evaluating players. And Coach Walk and I had a great plan and to our assistants, we all followed them. So it was really good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so that was the first two years, like you said. Then the next two years, because they knew, hey, this guy played quarterbacks, he's coached quarterbacks, he can coach quarterbacks, now that he's proven he could coach receivers, let's give him the keys to the car so you become the offensive coordinator there for your final two years and you get to work with reese udinski who was one of the best quarterbacks in the fcs he's playing professionally now right
1: is he still with the
0: alouettes on there yeah
1: actually no he's in knoxville now oh, he's a okay. smart kid he's gonna make a lot of money so he's doing good man but yeah he uh, stepped away from football but he he was a uh, you said it he was one of the best i've ever seen yeah right. great player yep. great kid too great.
0: And just the fact that he got the contract from the CFL, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter if he's if he's there or not right now. You know, yep. just that someone valued him that much. But anyway, point yep. means. Um, talk to me about those those two years as OC because that was like you said with the rebuild. That was when you guys started really competing. I think you guys won a won a championship in the uh, 2020 season,
1: right? Yeah, COVID season, so we didn't play that fall. Yeah, practice, and then we played in the spring. And uh, that spring, we won the Southern Conference Championship. First time, I think, since 77 or yeah. whatever it was. So we uh, we started the season there in the spring, and we started off 4-0. And Reese had a similar deal. We played Sanford on the road, and uh, we ended up winning the game 38-37 in the OT. And Reese tore his ACL in the third quarter late, and he played the whole game on an ACL the fourth quarter in overtime. And mm-hmm. he played lights out four yards. Four, I don't know what it was. We won. It's all matters. And <laughs> he had an ACL, and he was out. And then – You know, Seth Morgan came in um, and played extremely well, you know, and took what kind of just took it and ran. And, you know, we beat, you know, Wofford on the road, big win, beat Citadel, win the Civil Shaco, win the Southern Conference Championship. And then we played JMU and beat, almost beat them. We had no business being in that game. They were a very talented team and Seth played really well and ended up being freshman of the year. Uh, in the conference and was up for the Jerry Rice Awards. So had two really good quarterbacks. That that was really good. The development of those guys, we prepared Seth. I think that COVID fall helped Seth because he developed a lot, you know, with me and what we were doing and schematically and he got better. And then when he got the keys, he ran with it, man, did a great job. So uh, we had a really good team that year. Jake Harris is our wideout um six four kid from Easton, Pennsylvania that it was us in Army prep and we got him and ends up being one of the best receivers in FCS history receiving wise, big, long, tall kid that ran four seven, but caught everything, had great ball skills and length. And um, mm-hmm. he was phenomenal. Was player of the year in the SOCON. So we had really good players, good scheme, and our guys bought in, played hard. And one thing I love about VMI, that military is different. You know, those kids are tough. Right. And, you Absolutely. think you have a bad day. If you think you have a bad day, you have no idea. That's why I laugh at these kids here at Stony Brook. Like the kids at BMI do, it's not even close, you know, and yeah. their best part of their day was football. <laughs> they would be so happy to practice because they're out, of the, you know, the military and that was a right. choice they made, but you know, it's just so much perspective. And I love those kids so much at BMI, man. They were awesome in the coaching staff and Lexington, Virginia is a little small town and, we found a way. You know, I love that place. And my wife and I loved it there. And uh, Very thankful for my time there at BMI. It was a great place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're getting towards Stony Brook now. There's one more stop. Yeah. Uh, two more <laughs> stops in between, I guess. But, uh, yeah. you know, one year stint at Richmond in 2022. Yeah. I mean, it was as successful as, as it could possibly be uh, for, you know, an offensive coordinator. Uh, first of all, how did you wind up at Richmond in 2022? Yeah,
1: really random. So, Russ Husman is the head coach. He still is. Russ is my guy. Russ is a great coach, good person. And Russ actually went to our Chattanooga BMI game, and we played at BMI in Richmond and BMI only two hours away on sixty four. It's very close. So he went to the game to see his son Jacob, who's a you know a good guy too, and um, he just watched us play. We beat Chattanooga, who was really good on defense, like top ten in the country on defense, and we scored points and played well, whatever. Won, and uh, I guess he watched that game and. After the season, after really, literally like two days after my last game there uh, at, at VMI, I get a call from Russ. He, and there's like two days before Thanksgiving. He's like, "Hey, man, want to bring you up? Whatever, interview. We like you a lot, whatever." And I was like, "Okay." And I interviewed. And I knew Richmond was a great place. You know, it's got you know good success, good academics, good football, right down the road. And interviewed gave gave me the job, and um, and I took the job, you know, at Richmond. So I didn't know. You know, it was kind of random, you know, very random. Uh, didn't know Coach Usman before that, you know, at all. Uh, never met him before, but uh, really enjoyed working for him. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you made it work on the field, too. I, you brought Reese back. Uh, Reese, of course, in 2021, which was your last year at VMI. He referred <clears throat> to, I want to say, Maryland, right? And Maryland. I was, yeah. Played mine,
1: too, his brother. Yeah, right,
0: Exactly. Yeah. He was Talia's backup. And, uh, <laughs> and then you go and get the job at uh, Richmond as the O.C., I guess maybe you sent him a text or a DM on Twitter or whatever. I, I don't know how.
1: No, he jumped. He jumped in the portal and then we called him and yeah, it was done from there because I had a relation. But he he wanted to play. He know he was gonna play behind his. You know, to his brother was really good. He's playing well. Yeah. I'm, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm just gonna say to his brother. But he yeah. he played. <laughs> Sorry and, 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 to his brother. So he, just so you know. Yeah, I want to try to jack it up. He's a great player. So, um, but Reese got in the portal and called him and he said, "I'm coming no matter what." He had other offers, you know. He had bigger offers, but. One uh, to play for coach myself and the mm-hmm. program there at Richmond. And I'm glad he did. He was a good one.
0: Yeah. Right. It, it worked out right now <clears> for <before throat> FCS playoff berth. I think you feel like 36 touchdowns or something like that. Five of them against Stony Brook. So um, then, uh, then that one year stint ends and you go get a job, you go back to the FBS. So now you're yeah. um, an OC in the FBS at Western Michigan. Offense is pretty good. Team struggled overall. Um, yeah. But uh, Talk to me about Western Michigan and how it prepared you for that final leap to you know before
1: yeah it was um it was hard to leave richmond number one you Mm know coach wanted me to stay there and i love russ and i love those players but going to a going to you know obviously a division one level highest level of football you know i I thought it'd be a great opportunity western michigan's had success with pj fleck through the years uh they had great resources there in the mac you know and even tim lester did a great job there did a hell of a job yeah sky Moore and those guys were playing so i knew they had the right people and and there, but they had a really bad year the year before. They were bad on offense. They're actually the worst in the country the year before I got there on offense. And uh we had a lot of work ahead of us. And um we recruited some some decent transfers in May. We our best receiver came from Sacred Heart, Kenny Wolmack, a kid I, I recruited out of high school out of McMurray Maryland, and ended up being the first team all Mac wideout was a great player. Hayden Wolf was a quarterback we got from ODU and um, we end up kind of – we got a lot better on offense. We went from the worst to being kind of like the middle of the road, third, fourth in the MAC in total offense and scoring. So it was a huge process there because – it was cool because we had to build it. And we had to teach those kids habits, you know, running on off the field, practicing with great pad level, you know, um, doing things the right way before we touch the ball. Those are the things they didn't have and the culture. And Coach Taylor did a great job. Of putting that in our fourth quarter programs and our match drills, our kids got tougher. And, you know, obviously we knew it was going to be a struggle year one, but we, I think they, we built a really good foundation there for the future. I really did. And I, I really loved my time at Western. It was a cool place, just snowed a lot. Just to be honest with you, it snowed aggressively there in Kalamazoo, just right near the lake. But, uh, but I loved my time there. The, the staff there was great. The kids were tough, you know, Chicago kids, Michigan kids, you know, Indiana, we had, we had some good players, you know, tough kids. So, I love my time there, and um so that's kind of you know how it transpired there, and I was always preached for that time at Western, you know in Coach Taylor and that staff.
0: so was the goal to always become a head coach, or was it let's just you know go where the wind takes us?
1: Um, I always know I want to be a head coach. I didn't know when and where or how. You know, you don't put a timetable on things. But I always prepared to be one. You know, I, I, one thing I always do in the offseason, yeah, I do my job first. I want to be a great coordinator and a good quarterback coach. When I have time on my own, I'm I was preparing my head coach manual. Things that I would do as a head coach and philosophy, team structure, schedule, expectations. You know, how I would do winter, how I would do, you know, spring, how I would do you know, summer, fall all those things I was kind of preparing for as a young guy. And, you know, when I got the chance to interview, you know, I tried to run with it as best I could do the best job I could, you know, I've never done a heck I've done a couple of head coach interviews before that, but um, you know, that was one I kind of, kind of catch kind of caught on. And, but yeah, I just, I I never had a timetable for it. And I'm very appreciative obviously of everything, but, uh, but no, I had no idea that it would happen. No.
0: Okay. So, you said you've done a couple of uh, head coaching interviews before. So years passed or just you got a couple kind years?
1: of like the last two years, you know, kind of at Richmond and uh, just really at Richmond, honestly, after that year at Richmond. Yeah. All
0: right. Um, And was there, was there a moment maybe during that time frame where, you know, you're kind of waiting for a phone call to see, like, I'm in that right now. I just applied for a job. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back. Was <laughs> there, was there a moment where you, you actually thought, huh, I think I got this one
1: or, uh... um, no, never thought that, you know, you never know because right. you never know with interviews, how they hold their cards, you know, just do the best job you can and, and just be yourself, be authentic. Because the other day, once you get there, you got to be yourself, you know? So in the interview, you might as well do it, you know? So that's kind of what I did with each one. I did, you know, if it's the right fit, it's, it is, If it's not, it's not and just keep swinging and you always got a job Just keep working the job you have, you know? So that was kind of the, the thought process there as I went through them.
0: Well, let's talk about the job you have so you were hired this past december to be the next head football coach at uh, stony brook university so you know that's uh that's a good gig right it's a, it's a suny union gig you know you're gonna you're not gonna need to sleep on an air mattress anymore you're definitely gonna be compensated well um and you get to coach at one of the finest academic institutions in the country so talk to me about stony brook talk to me about you know why you accepted the the job offer
1: um what you know what what is it about stony brook
0: essentially i think is what i'm asking you
1: you know a lot of things number one the location long island i liked i thought you know obviously this is new york is more suburbs you know you got the city near you but i thought the location was great um As you said, the academics are really, really good. This league, the CAA's got good academics top-down, just kind of being from this side of the state, you know, this country. You know, you kind of know all about these schools. So, um, obviously, this school kind of sells itself, what it has academically and what it has on campus and the expertise after you're done with graduation with jobs So and, obviously, the location of jobs, where you're at. So, I thought that was good. And then this league's really good. The is a great league in football. You know, it's competitive. You know, a lot of good teams, a lot of good coaches – Um, I wanted to get back to it. Loved it at Richmond. Obviously, at VMI, I was familiar with this league a little bit. And my dad's coaching this league. So, you know, all those things kind of intrigued me. You know what I mean? I've seen this place win. You know, it's had winners. You know, it's had some good years. You know, it's had some bad years, too, but it's had some good years. And if you do it right, hopefully you can maintain it and have a good foundation. So all those things align. But really, when I met Sean Hilbert, I, I was really impressed with him because, you know, very easy to talk to, no ego uh cares about people cares about the players the student athletes and so who they are as people and cares about his coaches so that really intrigued me because that's a big deal the guy you're working for you want to make sure you can align with him and he he wants to do it right you know he does and I was always appreciative of that and uh just getting to know him through the weeks and the people on campus and the partners around here so was really impressed with the people here I know we have good kids here. Um, I know Long Island, New york got good football, Jersey, PA. As far as location and recruiting, I knew we could find players. So that all intrigued me, you know what I mean? And obviously we can get this thing right and get it back rolling. We can have a good foundation. I think that's going to be critical here to have success for a long span of time. We have to do it the right way as coaches and make sure we evaluate the right players. So all those things kind of in- intrigued me a little bit. And once I got the job offer, I was so thankful and very appreciative. Obviously, I'm just ready to – Kind of keep this thing moving, you know. So it's it's been good so far.
0: So, you know, you you had said back in December at your uh, introductory press conference, and also afterwards when you were uh, doing an interview with me and Anthony, who you'll get to know as the years go on, that the essentially the the key to I, I don't want to say the key, but the biggest key to turning this program around is going to be through recruiting, right? Because you could. Yeah. You could look at why this program has fallen off and it didn't fall off overnight. Right. It started with a collapse in 2019. It's this was their fifth straight losing season. It's gotten worse as it's gone on. And, you know, because it didn't evaporate overnight, it's not going to be an overnight change either. You're not going to go nine and two next year. It's just, it's, it's, it's unrealistic. Well, I mean, it might happen, but you know, it's unrealistic.
1: It's it's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, um,
0: you could look and you could say oh well that's why they fell off it's because of poor quarterback play oh that's why they fell off it's because of poor pass defense but it's not that simple it's about recruiting right it's about nipping that problem in the bud before it becomes a problem it's it's getting the right guys out of high school getting the right guys who you have to stay it's about getting the right guys from other schools so you know what changes have you made? Have you implemented in the recruiting process? And um, you know how do you think your first off season as head coach, your first recruiting tour as head coach, has gone so far?
1: I mean, we signed eight kids this class today, mm-hmm. and we got a quarterback that had a group of five offers: right. uh, JMU, yeah, right. App State, Marshall, you name it. And mm-hmm. he shouldn't be here. But the reason why we did is we we took our time and we built a relationship with the kid. I knew him and. He loves football. He's competitive, and all these kids—I I can name all the kids. Sam Cooper is a kid at Pittsburgh, Syracuse, all these schools, and he found it late in these late in the game. The transfer portal hurts these kids, and you kind of wait. And I think what we did is we had a certain criteria that I brought in. So these, this is what I want in a player. You know, I want a kid with great character, obviously, because you want good people in your program. They get better. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to reason with kids. You know, they got to be—you got to be able to reason with them. They got to be high, highly competitive, uh, multi-sport athletes. I love. I want guys that are low maintenance, high production, meaning like they're not asked for things. They're just happy to be here and ready to work. You know what I mean? And they gotta have great football instincts. And they got the proper ability by position. You know what I mean? So all those things we kind of have a checklist of. If they don't have that checklist, don't recruit them. And that's what's great. There's so many players out there. And what you have to do is you gotta investigate and find guys. You gotta call guys. And our staff did a really good job, you know, with this cycle finding players. Um, and we hustled and I evaluate every kid um i have to okay the kid we're, i'm slow to go you know what i mean because at the end of the day it's me you have six three scholarships and if the roster isn't right that's on the head coach it is purely and if it, you can't blame your assistants you know what i mean so i said i want to make sure i watch the kids i evaluate the kids i know who the kid is I want, you know what i mean so we're very slow to go with that so our process is thorough and what we do um obviously we hustle with you know with evaluation but more so the connection with kids and getting to know them i personally recruit every kid uh obviously our area coach position coach does but i think it's when the head coach does because that kid feels that you know what i mean he knows like all right the head coach is investing in me which i will every kid in this program so you know we have to recruit well but i think all that's good but you talk about changing it it's our culture it's our toughness it's our detail right now we're changing that these kids are learning that here in, the, in these workouts like I'm tough. as a, I want to be tough. I believe in that. I believe in the details, doing things right. We we class check every class in the first two rows. If they don't, then they have a minus. You know what I mean? If, you know, they're late to a workout, they can't work out. You know, if they're not in the right gear, they can't work out. It's a, it's a right and a privilege. I think these kids are starting to buy into that because they all want accountability. When I asked every kid when I met with them, what do we need to do to get better? Everyone, almost 97% of them said accountability and toughness. I said, all right, you're going to get it. So, that's something I believed in, and the kids are really buying into that as well. So it's been a great transformation you, from day one until now of our workouts. The way we act, the way we talk to each other, the way we're competing, the way we're working, it's two different worlds. And our strength coach, Sean Kennedy's done a great job with these kids of buying into it. He's, they're preaching the same message that I want. And our academic people with bree They're doing a great job of echoing those messages, and we're all as one. You know what I mean? So we're all kind of talking the same way. I met with everybody to make sure the plan's there. I want to stick to this plan. I'm not going to alter from the plan because if you do that, the kids see it; they're not going to follow the plan. You got to kind of stick to it, as you know. So, answer your question, Longwindly. There, I apologize. Those that's are all good. the things that we're going <laughs> to do. So, I'm sorry.
0: Yep, no, that's good. That's I'd rather that truthfully. i would rather that better, than you know? yes or no. But, uh, yep. but yeah, no. and you know, I think there's a good saying to to um, summarize what you just said: the day we stop doing everything right, we are one day closer to doing everything wrong. So correct. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny. Um sometime last week, uh the the statesman, the school newspaper, we were doing a special issue. Uh we were previewing all the, the spring sports teams and I was talking yep. to Megan Bryant, head softball coach here. I'm not sure if you've gotten to meet everybody yet, mm-hmm. but um she had she had complimented you. She had said, you know, like w- one thing I'm noticing is like he's got his ducks in a row, all the players, you know, they're all they're all dressed the same. They're they're all in uniform as they go to workouts. So it's definitely it's definitely um come across people's desks they're they're starting to notice it so that's good that the change has you know been immediate i don't want to say immediate because games haven't yeah takes time
1: yeah no question so i appreciate that yeah of
0: course and another thing that i've noticed too um this might change it's always subject to change there's a couple of time periods with the transfer portal opens and closes but i think three guys have pulled their name from the portal um i know uh i I mean and, and that could it could be for other reasons. It could be that they were dissatisfied with their offers and they're going to try again. But uh, I, I think there's a couple of guys who were planning to leave that then changed their mind. Uh, did you have anything to do with that? Was there any recruiting done to convince maybe Nick Chimenti or Jaden Turner or whoever else to hey maybe give me a shot, maybe maybe give this program a shot and try to be here to you know help me rebuild it.
1: Um, you know what I did with that was. You know, I, 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 anybody wants to come back, they can come back, but they have to come and talk to me in person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, anybody can text, like, like, for example, like, um, you know, Higgs is a kid that was about to, you know, kind of quit and, and not play. And he came office on a Monday, like we first started, he's like, coach, I want to be a part of this team. I want to get this right. I love what you're doing. But he came in person, you know, Colin Tunk's another guy came back, Tunk came back and they all hey. both came off. Yeah. Tunk came back. So like, hey. Okay. The fact that they come back and speak to you, that means they want to be a part of this thing. You know what I mean? So when I saw that, I felt that, you know, I mean, anybody can send a text or an email, but the fact they come in, that, that tells y'all they want to come back. Shimani's one, Noah Rodriguez is another one that came back. So, hmm. you know, we got a lot, a lot of them back and, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing the Dion model. I believe in, you know, giving kids chances and we got developed, you know, that's our job as coaches and, they want to be a part of it and they want to graduate. We're going to help them in any capacity to do that. That's our job as men and as as coaches. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's obviously that type of situation. You know, we're probably gonna add a couple transfers in May, you know, and we're gonna evaluate the positions we need. It'll be another cycle of kids. I think if you wait, you can find good players. So um, but we I like the guys we have, the guys that are here that want to be a part of this thing and want to do it right. I'm gonna thank for those guys. They're good kids, man. So just trying to keep developing every single day. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, you know, another thing that I want to, I obviously have to cut you loose in a little bit. Uh, we're approaching an hour So so. Um, this team that went 0-10 last year, it's not like it's a talentless team. It's, you know, I-, I mean, obviously if you go 0-10, clearly the roster isn't where it needs to be. But there's a lot of, de- you know, solid players here. Players you could win with today. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys were FBS recruits who transferred here um you you don't just get an offer from an fbs school sucking so there's talent on this team um obviously there needs to be more talent on this team but so far with the roster that you have put together i know it's not complete but with the roster that you have in place how
1: are you feeling about um feel fine i I still think we gotta get the toughness and the detail i think that's what this league's very similar we have good enough we have solid enough players to win but it comes down to our details. We lack it so heavily. Yeah. As, as, and Even Anthony John, he's got all the accolades. And I, I tell him this to his face. He has to become more detailed, more disciplined. And if he does that, he'll become an elite player. You know what I mean? Instead of a solid, good player, he knows that. I'm going to challenge him every single day. Like Jace Freeman, all those guys, you know, um, even Farrelly, you know, you want to make those guys better. And they want to be better. That's what's great about these kids. They they want that. They want that direction. But to answer your question, I think we, we got some solid talent. We got to develop them right, though, and we lack detail in every aspect right now. We're trying to fix that before we touch a football, in my opinion. So once we clean that up with the pieces we have as coaches, we got to make sure what they can do what they can't do. We got to maximize what they can do and figure out what they can do and do it at a high level. And we'll do that as coaches to put them in the right spots. But there is some pieces. There is. Um, but we got to develop some pieces now, too, now. And that's, the, that's the honest truth. That's why we coach. You know what I mean? I'm, I always tell our staff, I don't care if they can't do, what can they do? All right. And how do we maximize them? How do we make their weakness strengths and make their strengths even better? So, um, but yeah, there's some pieces, but, you know, we'll have to you know find a couple to help us. But I like the guys we have that are here. We just got to develop them at a high level as coaches and help them.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, all right, coach, I just got one more for you. So, yeah. obviously, you know, there's still some time left. We're like six months and change from <clears throat> our Stony Brook debut and from the official beginning of the Billy Kosh era. But when you guys finally take the field, um, which I believe starts with uh, Marshall, I think you got a 12 game schedule this year. haven't played a 12 game schedule in quite a bit. Um, Yep. What will Stony Brook football under Billy Kosh look like? And please take as long to answer it as you need. Sell this program. Really, really do it.
1: Yeah, I think we we're going to be tough. We're going to be detailed in how we play. We're going to play for each other. You know we're going to play complementary football in all three phases. So the offense helping the defense, defense helping the offense. Our kicking game helping our vertical field position. Um, We got to win close games. Um, This this league is so competitive, and you got to be great in situational football. I'm going to talk about that at a premium. How to win? You know the two minute. How to win four minute. How to win coming out. How to win red zone. How to win goal line. How to win backed up. How to win when you're down by five with a minute eight. Like you got to talk through all those scenarios and get those kids in those spots. And so, and we're going to be a well-coached team. I promise you on that too. Like, that's the one thing I'm big on. Like, our staff, we're going to prepare right because with preparation comes confidence, and those kids will feel it from us. So that's what's going to be, you know, and then we got to make plays, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, our players got to go make plays, and they know that. But as coaches, we're going to put them in the right spots and prepare them. These kids are going to play hard. They're going to play for each other and play for something bigger than them. One thing I noticed here when I first got here, there was some individualism guys playing for themselves, me, me, me. Football is the greatest team sport in the world, in my humble opinion. It is. And once we learn to play together as one, which is the motto, as one, we'll play and win. I I, firmly believe that. And I think that's what it comes down to. But in this, this day and age, everybody wants to say, look at me, look at me. What am I doing? How do we win together? You know, there's an old saying I say, individuals play and teams win. You know what I mean? So we can't be individuals. got to become a team. And our guys are starting to feel that a little bit and figure that out. So. That's what it's going to look like, you know. In, in a nutshell, you know, offensively we're going to play fast, a little bit different than the past. Uh, we're going to spread the ball around different ways, run the ball, be physical. We're going to be multiple in our formations and our motions and our tempos. And defensively, Scott Lewis, is our defensive coordinator from St. Francis, I mean, he's multiples all get out with his defense, and he's going to create issues, you know. And and our Kevin Elliott, our special teams coordinator, is very sound when he does. So we're going to be different in how we look, you know, in the past, and hopefully it's beneficial. The, fo- the game of football is changing. You got to be able to score points. Um, you gotta get takeaways. You know, that's what it's about. And we gotta win the takeaway battle both on offense and defense and and service each other with winning football. So that's kind of what's gonna look like in a nutshell for you. Beautiful.
0: That's I think everyone will love to hear that. Um, as one with the Seawolves logo, you gotta you gotta get that on a shirt, man. You gotta get I'm trying, man.
1: We got a t-shirt. I didn't wear it, but our kids are wearing it. It's great, man. The kids are that's what they wear every single day and they're buying into it, which is good. We gotta keep doing it though every single day. Good.
0: Well, look, I wish I had some <coughs> extra years of college left so I could actually get to see you guys play. But, you know, I'll be watching. Uh, Thanks, buddy. I'm really looking forward to it. I think we're going to cover the uh, if you guys are doing a spring scrimmage this year, like how Stony Brick. We Jersey are. Does. April 26th, okay. April
1: 26th, spring showcase, 530 under the lights. It's All right. Awesome. We will be there. Need we you there. Covered it we in need you there. We need you there. We need some juice, baby. It'll be some music. I'm a, I'm a mic the game. We'll get them going, man. It'll be awesome. Get some football. Be a little fan fest at the end for the fans to do things on the field. So it'll be a great event.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to be there. I can promise you right now. We're going to be there. I'll be there. All right, Coach. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing for Stony Brook and Stony Brook football. And, uh, yeah, good luck with everything, man. I'll, uh, I'll speak to you soon, all right? All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time.